from your mobile phone, TV or PC, I'm on whatever screen you own, jumping from tabs to apps, I suggest you don't, I promise you'll miss out, on information that is vital, what I do is feature guests, I'm even call them the best, so I'm going viral with idols, it's so classic, like a set of CDs and vinyls, you already know it's time for my show, right? Yeah, welcome back. Another episode of Quarantine Rap. I go by the name of Ray Pearson. I go by the name of Jomi Lowe's. Hey, yo, the pictures weren't, you got, you know what I mean? The warming up the arm for this one. This is, this is, this is a special intro. You they ain't ready mean? for it. They ain't ready for it. Now imagine the funk flags bombs going off because we do not have the button yet for that. Here it goes. The year was 2014. Location. Union County College in Cranford, New Jersey. Radio show, the kickback show. Seven years. Hold up. Let me just make sure I get my calculations right. Seven to eight years ago, I was interviewed by our guest tonight. Mm. Seven to eight years later. He's here joining us on Quarantine and Rap with a special bow to Sensei Mayhem. I'm honored tonight to interview the guest of the evening. Introduce yourself and let everybody know where you're from. I go by the name of Johnny JC. I'm a Jersey rapper slash songwriter. I've been doing this for a while. I've known Rain Pearson for a while, Sage and Tyler for a while, and I'm excited to be here. Oh, this is special. This is awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, before we get into anything, right? Um, we're gonna kick off this show a little different from any other show we've done. Um, so we gonna we're gonna take a trip to Brooklyn. Okay. We're going to Brooklyn. Bedstein, March 1997, the world lost the GOAT. Mm -hmm. 24 years later, as of March 9th, 2021, we still remember, we still praise, we still acknowledge, and we still and forever will celebrate the notorious B.I.G. It's a hip-hop holiday. A.K.A. Biggie Smalls. Frank White, Christopher Wallace. Um, fun fact, the movie Notorious, the scene that he performs Who Shot You, right? Played by Gravy. I was there in attendance for the filming of that scene. What? Hammerstein Ballroom. <clears throat> That's legendary. I, I never see some shit like that before. The it was almost like Biggie was actually in the building. That's how crazy that that shit was. And I've watched that movie many times. When when it comes to that scene, I've tried to point myself out, but it's highly impossible. Um, they did. Um, what's the name of that? What's the name of that festival? Firefest. The the dried um. Turkey and cheese sandwiches. I'm not gonna. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna front. We had some dried ones in the building that day. 
Well, of course, you know, we're not, we weren't, um, we weren't SAG actors, if that's the best way to, uh, that's how they say it, right? SAG, AFSTRA, whatever they say. Yeah. So they probably got like pasta and shit, but we got the we got the cold cuts and the little apple juices. But at the end of the day, the experience was what made it legendary. Um, Johnny, how much, if any, did Biggie play a part inspiring you as an artist? Biggie was number two, along with Eminem, as far as story storytelling goes. Um, the way he would make storytelling sound so damn smooth, man. You can't copy right. that. You know, it's something that that guy was gifted with. You know what I mean? So he definitely helped me get a better understanding on how to write a story in a song by still making it sound cool as hell. You know what I mean? Word. Word. And um, do you like what were some of your favorite Biggie songs that you could listen to forever? Ooh. Ten Crack Commandments. That's probably number one, just the way he went down the hole. Just, ah, just creative as hell. And then, uh, well, I can't say it, but Blank Bleed. Uh, bleed just like us. Picture you being great. Oh, yeah, fire. And then, um, and you know, the, 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 the radio records, like Juicy and all that. And um, Who Shot You? Ooh, man, when I wrote my first diss song, ooh, that was, <laughs> I think I actually used that beat. I think Who Shot You was that beat. Yeah, man, it's, there's nobody like Biggie. I, I don't care what anybody says. You can't make any replication of Biggie. I think that's probably like one of the, as a rapper, as a lyricist, that is definitely a beat that everybody once upon, like once in their lifetime has to like put their pen to. I'll, you know, aside from um the the Twins Deep cover, like that is definitely a beat that, as a, as a writer, do you have to test your skills on that beat? Even if you got to do it seven times throughout the years until you until you reach the level that you know it's going to work, that mm -hmm. is definitely a beat amongst, like, you know, legendary beats that you have to write to. Um, For me, it's and, like, my bad. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, my bad. For me, it's like the, the three most industry beats that you have to write to is like a, a, a rite of passage, is survival of the fittest mm. um the shook ones part two that's those are the beats that you put you put on you freestyle to you can't even mm. rap yet you still just trying to flow and uh biggie who shot you x and um you were saying some things about big and big was definitely ahead of his time lyrically swag sound flow look um do you see any like could you see and hear the influence that big had on some of these newer artists mm -hmm. um more unsigned artists yeah mm. uh prince hill he's from north he just dropped uh, a video called biggie and um he definitely has that storytelling but in his flows they're so like they're melodic they're like they're melodic but they're still hitting you with some shit if you're really listening to it i feel like he gets he gets a lot of that influence from biggie yeah Where, how do you feel about some of the mainstream artists kind of almost forcing the the similarities uh i mean to each really his own i mean you can try to force similarities, but can you really be 
the real deal. You know what I mean? It's impossible. That's that's really how I feel about it. When I mean, people are gonna do what they do, you know what I mean? So <laughs> um Joyner Lucas, right? I feel, and this is my personal opinion, I feel Joyner is a great storyteller and songwriter. Like, think of like I'm not racist, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna put you not only that, the Will Smith one. Word. That Word. one was deep. Yeah. That was a good song. Um, we put Johnny JC in a room, right? Um, in the middle of two chairs, mediating a piece between Biggie and Pac. Like, visualize the video, right? Mm-hmm. You have a chance to create a record where you're mediating a piece. For that to happen, who's producing it? And what points would you get across to both Big and Pac? Hmm. Who's producing it? Oh, man, that's hard. Because, like, a part of me wants to say Dre. I want Dre to produce the goddamn thing. Because imagine Biggie on a Dre track. Fuck. Hmm. Uh, I would want Dre to produce it. And... um, I think I'll try to get a point, uh, try to get the point across that like, what the fuck we all beefing over to begin with? It was all uh-huh. he say, she say shit. Imagine, I mean, that that beef in the culture was, it, you know, it was a pivotal moment, but imagine if they didn't beef, right? And it was just like chain link, you know what I mean? Oh my God, there'd be so much more like, I don't know, unity in that time period when it came to, Maybe that, what was it? What, what award show was it that was really, like, uh, I guess. Source Awards? Imagine if everyone was just united, that wouldn't have been so awkward. <laughs> you know what I mean? Word. I mean, like, I've said this, like, in the past, and it's something that I kind of heard uh, Jay-Z said, and I kind of was like, oh, you know, he has a point. It's not that we wanted Big and Pac even L and Pun, it's not that we wanted them to, to pass. Um, but it's almost like for hip hop, it's almost kind of like it was needed in a way because of how the impact that they left. Here we are years later and they're still in a lot of people's conversations whether it's positive, whether it's one of these newer artists saying that, oh, this person is the next Tupac, they're still talked about. They're teaching um, verses on Pac in, you know, in colleges. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not that we wanted them to pass. We need, and it's not, let me rephrase that. It's not that we needed them to pass. We needed their impact on hip hop. For sure. We definitely needed their impact on hip hop. Imagine what the game would be if we didn't have a Tupac or Biggie or a big pun. <laughs> Imagine. Word. What? Lyric, lyric, hip hop would not be as lyrical as it would it was. I promise you that. No way. Um, and being, you know, being the the many changes in hip hop, whether, you know, despite the sound it is and I definitely listening to your music and knowing the type of um, writer you are. Being a versatile artist, how do you feel about today's rap music? 
feel like every song, not every song, I do feel like there's a lot of whack stuff, but I also feel like, you know, there are songs that, you know, they have a time and place for it. You know, some people don't want to get all lyrical, miracle, spiritual when they're trying to jam or, you know, whip around in their car down to the beach with their homies. And then there are some guys that'll play fucking Vinnie Paz and all that other shit when they're whipping down the highway. You know what I mean? So it's always exactly. a time and place. Word. Word. Like, I've always been one for open discussions. And I have recently put a post out on, on Facebook. You know, what do people want to hear get talked about? And, you know, my boy Kev, Kevin, um, he, you know, he dropped a few comments and shit. And this is definitely something that does make sense to ask. Um, is the mainstream side of the culture focused too much on artists with a sound rather than keeping a balance with artists with c- content and bars? Yeah, they find the sound that's the most marketing or marketable, and then they just, that's pretty much what I think. It's definitely, they feel more about the sound. If you have a sound, then, you know, you already got your whole, like, I guess, what do they call it? Business plan. You got a business plan together for your sound. They know exactly who to market you to. They know exactly what songs to take off, what songs won't take off. They don't want, there's no, that's why the the word A&R, there's no real, like, artist development anymore there's no like it's it's weird man i don't even know how to describe it to be honest yeah, yeah. the industry is not the same Mm-mm. it's it's about it before it was about culture and now it's about the dollar so it's how much money can i get out of this young kid before Basically. he becomes nothing you know and that's real fucked up but it is what it is and then it's like you gotta do like go to the extreme you know to to keep getting those dollars for you know, the big guys, you know, so it's a real fucked up game, but Hell yeah. And no, very true. Um, like if it's not considered dead already and what, how do you like, do you feel like storytelling in hip hop is a lost art? No, I feel like there's still some really good, storytellers i feel like storytelling doesn't get on the radio as much but or at all but you know uh-huh. i do feel like storytelling i mean you got we were just talking about it before we got nf you got hobson you got um I, I'm, I'm on the fence with dax but you got dax you got like eminem still storytelling i mean his stories might be crazy as hell but he's still storytelling you know rick ross even drake is storytelling sometimes yeah j cole too right. yeah Mm-hmm. Right. Even Twenty One Savage, he be out there. Yeah, definitely. As far as Twenty One Savage is concerned, I have mixed feelings about Twenty One Savage. <laughs> I knew you was gonna say something. All right, whatever. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not that I think he's whack. It's 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 about something that went down when um when you know he started to blow up with um especially with Double XL. Mm-hmm. I'll plug in this story real quick. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, Let our audience know since you brought that shit up. I get an email, right? And this is me not even knowing anything about 21 Savage. This is me not because I've been gave up on the double XL freshman list. Um, so I get this email, right? 21 Savage is and, and this is to me, 
let me remind everybody listening, like this is an email to me. Um, I get a price for a verse and a price for a verse and hook. So I respond back. Well, go tell 21 Savage that I charged the same thing. Y'all hit me up. Little did I know, I was actually sending emails back and forth with 21 Savage. Oh, shit. So then that started escalating through email. And I'm like, yo, like, I'm not the one. Like, we can handle this on some, you know what I mean? Like, let's, what you got? Like, basically, I was calling 21 Savage out to, to battle, whether it had been in face, I mean, face to face or on, on record. Like, that, that part of me just, that switch flipped on really quick. And it just got to a point through email that I had to back off because um, that's, I had, I understood that I didn't have uh, a major machine behind me. So I would have wasted my time getting at 21 Savage because it would have just fell on deaf's ears. Mm. But other than that, 21 Savage is not whack. I'll put that out there now. 21 Savage is not whack. It was funny what happened in the very beginning when he was just blowing up. But yeah, so anytime anyone says 21 Savage, I kind of like, oh, okay. And just a little bit. It's okay. It's all right. A little bit. Just a little. But uh, shouts, shouts to 21 Savage. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing his thing. Can't, can't knock a man's grind at all. So salute yeah. to him. Period. Um, like we talk about we talk about like the like this whole storytelling shit in hip hop and you know these what's dead or what's considered a lost art and that all ties into this what I'm about to bring up because I think this plays a major factor in that conversation here um, with traditional hip hop still existing outside of the tri-state bubble that we live in. Why is it that the hip-hop we originated seems dead here? I think it's the education. People aren't getting the, uh, you know, they're not getting the classes that, you know, we were given by our parents or by our family. Like, hey, this is dope. Like, my dad would listen to Big Pun Black Rob, Wu-Tang Clan. So I was able to get that foundation. And there's a lot of stuff that, you know, New Jersey, we got some freaking lyrical ass people. You know what I mean? But everybody wants to be on a, everybody goes for whatever's hot right now. Like mm-hmm. drill. Drill music is hot right now. Pop Smoke did it. But before Pop Smoke did it, they did it in England. You know what I mean? They were doing it in the UK. Grime and, and drill, which is kind of grime at the same time. You know, so it's like everybody gravitates toward what towards what's hot. It's it's weird, man. <laughs> it's so weird. Do you think it's a brainwashing thing? Like when you know, because I feel like radio personalities, media personalities, however you want to define them as, I think I feel like their voices are like they play a major influence on what people go by. So if they're on the radio every single day for a good half a year to a year saying the lyrical miracle shit is dead, um, storytelling is dead, and they keep doing that every day 
eventually the listeners are gonna be like, yo, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear um bubblegum now and later music. I want to hear popcorn music. I wanna I wanna listen to the microwave um dinners. Basically, yeah. So the the curse the the curse of it all is that we live in this tri-state bubble that a lot of artists and even listeners they follow what's trending. And yeah. we gonna we're definitely gonna get more into that a little later. Okay. But um how do you navigate your music through today's sound following? Honestly, I I just kind of do my own thing. I don't really I'll listen to it, but I just know that I'll sound stupid if I <laughs> if I go and go on it. I mean, I I've, I've had my sound and I'm versatile so like I do like different kind of beats but I'm not I'm not one that'll just jump on a trend I'll write what I feel and if you don't like it, you don't like it I mean it's not for everybody you know word word it is and today's music like like I don't know I'm I'm very like I try to look in between the lines and you can tell that they try to be more creative with their lyrics but then when you start listening to their lyrics and listening to what's being played I'm just saying this because I have younger I have teenagers that well nieces and nephews so I kind of like I vibe with them so and then I learn with them at the same time um so when I'm listening to it they're more like depressing have you ever realized the lyrics have you ever heard how depressing they are instead of being being a little bit more encouraging or storytelling or kind of like they're a little bit more depressing which kind of totally sucks and that makes you want to question what the media is looking and you know doing i mean they look it's it's almost like and you say that and and it's like it's the music that these lyrics are getting put onto look at tiktok Look at TikTok. You got the um, what's that song that the dude starts off the song saying "bitch"? You know how many videos I I've seen with these dances that it starts off with the dude putting his like dead ass going in the girl's face like "bitch," then they break into a dance. Yo, you're still directing that towards a female at the end of the day. That's a whole conversation you do not want to get me started. (laughs) Oh man. Like the dances are cool, or whatever. But then when you really sit back and you, you know, you, you drown out the dancing and you're listening to exactly what they're dancing to, and it's like, wait a minute. Like I've told my sister on many occasions, I'm like, yo, do you not hear the lyrics that they're dancing? Like, oh, is you know, no one's really listening to the lyrics. They're just dancing. Yeah, but I'm sorry, I can't turn that. I can't turn my 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 rapper ears off. Exactly. And you got kids listening to that, man. The kids want to do all these dances and they don't even know what the hell they're doing or listening to. It's wild. It is so wild. The seeds that they're dropping in these kids' minds, man. Yo, it's all like that's another conversation. Like mm-hmm. that's a whole nother <laughs> pushing that agenda is another conversation. It's just one of them things, like you know, down the line. You know, it should be it should be talked about more. Um, I mean, I'm not a parent. I'm an uncle. I'm not a parent. So that's a conversation that 
that's a yeah. panel for parents. It don't matter. You still part of the village. So whether mm-hmm. yeah. you know, no, I'm you, just saying, you... like you know, like being a you know for someone who's a parent, that's a panel that I'd love to watch. Whether I'm an uncle, godfather, it's just a panel of parents. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know. So hopefully, you know, I'm a, I'm a manifesting like our, our homegirl Ming said. You know. Hopefully, someone listening out there can create a panel for parents, and you know this is it could be one of the many topics that are discussed. But moving on, um, Johnny, yeah, who are some of your musical influences? Uh, I'm gonna sound so like uh, stereotypical, but I love Eminem. I like uh, there. I like Travis Scott for the melodies that he puts out. Um, I like artists for different things. And uh, as far as other off of hip hop, um, I don't know if you know who Eddie Vedder is. He's the guy from Pearl Jam. Um, the way he writes and his his voice, his vocal inflections, how he pronounces things. And um, as far as writing goes, another great writer is Bob Dylan. Wow. That is... Interesting choices. Yeah. That, I mean... You have you have a good set of ears to notice all them you know the abilities from all these different artists, and that's why you are a versatile artist. If you could collab with any of them, who would you collab with? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, any any Eminem fan that raps wants to rap with anyone and Eminem. But if I can do a song with anybody, and he's getting pretty old, so I want to do is I would love to do a song with Bob Dylan. Nice. Who would produce it? I don't know. I think that would be more of those MTV Unplugged kind of songs. <laughs> That'd be dope. That'd be extra dope. Live? Yeah, something different. They need to bring that back. Have you ever performed with a live band? Uh, no, but I did. Um, my, my boy got really good at guitar, so we're practicing. And I got a, I got a guy who's a drummer, so slowly but surely. We'll, uh, we'll get on that stage as a band. That'll be dope. Nice. I feel like it's a different, it's a whole different vibe when you're like composing, you're like, you're, you're getting everything ready. And then it feels like a legit, like, ah, it feels like a crazy ass live show, but it feels so different. It's like organic. It's natural. The energy, it's all the energy, the vibration you become yeah. like. Because you gotta understand we're artists and we we're messengers at the same time. You know what I mean? So like our energy, like when it comes together, like with musicians and stuff like that, it's like it's legit. It's legit. It's beautiful. Hell yeah. Um, do you remember the song or one of your influences? Do you remember what actually made you wanna create music? I heard the Marshall Mathers LP at a when I was really young. Before we had a car, uh, it was me and my mom at the bus stop, and I had it on a little CD player Walkman. And just the way he was letting off his emotions, like his anger, his sadness, his happiness, I was like, I need something like this. I need because I wasn't a very like I didn't like conflict as a kid. I wasn't like I used to get picked on and shit like that. So. That was an outlet. Once I heard Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP, I was like, fuck, like, that's an outlet. So that's what I want to do. That's what I started doing. That's dope. 
That album was lit the shit from front to back. Yeah. Yeah. What song? What song from? Because everybody has a song on that album that they play repeat on. Which one? Oh man, for me it's um, Criminal. Is I like the song. Okay, it's gonna sound crazy, but I like the way I am, and I do like the song Kim. It's just. Oh, it's just insane. Yo, <laughs> Kim is in my workout playlist. <laughs> Yo, that's, yeah, that shit go hard. <laughs> my mom heard that for the first time, right? And she was like, what the fuck are you listening to? And I was like, you bought it for me. <laughs> now, the crazy thing is that it's almost like Kim was part one to 97 Bonnie and Clyde. And even, even 97 Bonnie and Clyde, I think like the way the way that it was put together at the time was like, yo, like, I ain't never hear something like this. Like, he just sounds so calm to the point that it was just, I just thought it was magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's talking about some crazy ass stuff too. And it's just, he's saying it so calmly. Come on, hey, hey, we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Help me take your mom out of the trunk. Like, what? <laughs> But yeah, um, no, definitely. Kim is definitely in my my workout playlist. Like when you when you think that you're about to give up on that treadmill and that shit comes on, it's like, oh nah, I got oh, two nah. minutes left. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna run this like there's no running. Hell there's yeah. no tomorrow. Facts. Um, Jomi, talk to me nice. You had asked Minx recently her opinion, like her definition on rapper versus artist. Yes. Johnny, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. in your opinion, what is your take on the differences between independent versus unsigned? And how does the two actually tie to each other? I think everybody starts off as unsigned. And then uh, you choose your route, whether you want to be backed by a big machine or you want to struggle it out in the beginning. And uh have a better have a better payout later on you know and you'll have less you'll have less fingers in your art that's that's like the biggest thing is you'll have left less hands trying to control what you're trying to put out what your topic should rap about and because even the strongest person you know the strongest person they get the into a label and they can love art as much as they want. They get into a label and they start meddling and they start backseat driving. And it's like, after a while, you're like, what the fuck is this? This isn't the music that I wanted to create. An independent artist knows that he has a core fan base or knows that he can activate that core fan base and just nosses it. You know what I mean? Goes, it might, she might, you're going to struggle in the beginning because you don't have that powerful machine of like Interscope or, you know, but in the end, that will look a lot better. You know what I mean? That paycheck's gonna look a lot better. And your fans will be more real. So know? following up to that, how do you feel the internet has impacted the music business? Well, I mean, now you don't need to. Well, it depends. It's good and bad. Good because you have your own platform wherever you want it. Bad because algorithms control that platform and people who are like gatekeepers control that platform and, and uh, they kind of decide what you look at, but 
once again, good, because now you have a platform to go off of. You can build your own business. You can build your own brand. You can put yourself in front of people instead of having to rely on a, a company putting you in front of people. It gives you a lot more freedom. Thanks. And does our, you know, are we eliminating the phrase unsigned? Because, you know, does I could record a freestyle right now, hit upload, and does that, and I'm just asking generally because I see a lot of artists do this, so I'm not asking for myself. I'm actually asking for those who do this. Um, does that automatically make someone independent as soon as they hit that upload button? Nah. I mean, you could drop a freestyle or not a freestyle, but it's all about if you're ready as a brand, like you have your pictures, you have, who are you? You know, the independent artist, like you can drop a freestyle. Anybody can grab a microphone and and drop a hot freestyle, but you know, that doesn't make you independent. It makes you a a rapper. (laughs) You know, you want to actually push yourself to videos, photo shoots, all that, all that other stuff. You know, then you start becoming an independent artist when you want to actually start making money off of you. You are the brand. Leaving off to that, what is your creative process like? It's I have to I have to go through some stuff. Um, that's why I don't make music a lot. I'll store a lot of stuff and then um, I'll drop it. So if my creative process is I'll hear I'm, I'm constantly hearing melodies. So like I'll hear beats and I'm constantly going, I won't write anything down, but I'm annoying as hell. I'll be in the kitchen cooking and then I'll start rapping, you know? And then after a while I'll start writing and writing and writing and writing until I have a couple songs done, maybe 10 songs done. And then I'll pull the project out. That, that's usually how it goes for me. I haven't had a, a straight creative process since about 2015, to be completely honest. Wow. Uh-huh. And for you, like, what is what is the, what is most important to you as far as building your brand? Um, I don't. I, it's more of like I just want to be me, man. Like, I I'm tired of trying to make music for people. I mean, we've we've been doing music for so long. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm too old to be trying to mold myself into what you want. No, I think I'm gonna be myself, and then you're gonna gravitate towards it or not. You know what I mean? That's just where I'm at. <laughs> Word. And um, like what are some what what are some of the challenges you face being an independent artist? Getting people to listen to you if you're not following a trend that everyone else is following. You, you know, you wanna put yourself out there in a way where it's like, yo, look at me, but look at me for me. Don't look at me for like you know, everybody else out here rapping to the same thing, rapping about the same thing facts word and do you ever feel independent artists um they don't have the access to information as far as ASCAP, BMI, BDS, Sound Exchange, etc. No, you just got to do your research. Go up there and do your research and uh get educated on how to protect your sound, how to protect who you are and then uh brand it or get the LLC for it. It's, it's all about education. And if you wait for people to educate you, you no one's going to educate you, you know, unless you have connections or unless, you, you know, but educate yourself. Once you educate yourself, 
you'll know that everything that's available to these artists are available to you, yes, at a, at a more minor scale, but at least it's a foot in the door. I mean, you can build from that. So wait, time out. So if you wasn't uh, building your music career, what would be your like other career path? I like, I, I really loved radio, honestly. Nice. Where, how did you even, how, like, how did, how did the kickback show even um, begin? <laughs> Honestly, I was, I will have to shout out Sajin for this one. Um, I loved what Sajin did. And I thought it was such an awesome thing that he would do for unsigned artists and, and upcoming artists. And I really wanted to do that. You know, I wanted to be able to bring people in and interview them and have them rap. And, but it was more of like rapper to rapper kind of show, like, like how Crooked Eye does Crooked Corner. You know what I mean? Like, it's just rapper to rapper, rapper to singer, you know, just to, just to bullshit. Like, what makes you tick? Why do you make the music you do? Uh, you want freestyle? Let's freestyle. You know what I mean? It, I went to UCC radio one day and I was like, I want to do a radio show. And they're like, okay. And then I said, who's going to be part of us? And me and a couple homies. So that's what we did. We literally just <laughs> sat there. I went on YouTube. We didn't have no, we had a software, but the music that they played on there was whack as hell. So I go on YouTube and I type in clean versions of hip hop songs and that's it. And then I would hit people up. I hit Sage and up like, yo, Sage, I need artists for this show. And he would just start flooding me with artists. And you guys were all dope, man. Shouts to, to, to the sensei who got me on that, that show. It was definitely a dope show back then. Master Mayhem. Nice. So wait, time around. So what is your most useless talent? Mm. My most useless talent. Yeah. I make a I make messes. Sound <laughs> like a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm messy. My wife would say I'm messy. Yeah. Um would you would you consider going back into radio podcast? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. It's just it's it's something different when like you, you can connect with an artist and it's like a vibe, you know, it's like you could ask questions and they just talk and and you know to me it's awesome. Bird, and you said that um you said that you can't wait to perform again. And I definitely know that feeling. Um, I've been begging Jomi um, through spirit for, 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 a, for a specific performance that involves an outside um, scenery. <laughs> yeah. Um, Johnny, whether it's open mics or showcases, what is one of the biggest issues artists have when taking part in these events? Selling the tickets. Mm. I feel like artists have issues sound. Oh man, Sajin, I know Sajin. Are you laughing right now? (laughs) (laughs) Selling the tickets is always the hardest thing, you know, because when you first start out, it's like you got your core fan base, but guess who that core fan base is? Your family. (laughs) You know what I mean? And your family can't be at every show, you know? So that's where the street team comes in, the street work and the footwork, but it's all a process. Word. And, um, do you like i mean when i go to shows right and i always like to scope out the room 
Uh, I look at people's faces. I look at their their the body language. Um, there are some that they definitely do go around and they just show love just because. Then you have the the posses, um, who who warm up the wall. That's what they're doing. They're warming it up, and it's kind of difficult to even network with them because who's with them is ladies as well. So you go to introduce yourself to one, just not even knowing anything. You're just walking around the room. Next thing you know, you got, you're getting me mugged. And it's like, all you're trying to do as an artist is network. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I might be at fault here, but what I don't, what I do is that I wait until I, after I get off the stage. Because it'd be the same ones who are warming up the wall with that mean mug look on their face. They're the same ones who come up to me after I get off the stage. It's like, yo, fam, you killed it. Word, I'm going to stick around. I want to see what you, you know what I mean? I want to I peep what, you know, your performance. After that, it's like, yo, fam, I think you're dope. Exchange fucking Instagram handles. And who knows if that even turns into a song. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. That's just based on timing of everything. Yeah. Ah, man, I haven't done that in so long. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's why it's like, when it comes to like showcases, it's like, ah, because it happens there mostly. Because it's usually the open mics where like the vibes are just like super chill and super dope. You mm-hmm. know, shouts to, shouts to check it, open mic, shouts to Sade, Kid Pro, and that whole operation. Like I went over there just like I regularly go to any other event and the thing about me is that no one knew what I was going to do until I did it. And all the videos that were posted that night were not from my phone. They were from everyone else's phone. So it was like, you know, since that moment, I got mad love for that platform. Um, but definitely, it's, that's something that, that should change within these, like, these events. Um, you know, how you come off, it, it could be a turnoff for people. I mean, do you have a favorite venue that you like that you used to like to perform when outside was open? Me? Yeah. Um, outside wise, I've never done an outside show. I don't think. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. I've always wanted to do the Stone Pony Summer Stage. I've always wanted to do that one. Uh, right. I've done I've done inside Stone Pony, but outside's a different vibe. Nah, dumb outside, dumb outside events festivals however you want to call it those are different I my first puerto rican festival not the newark one but the one in the bronx i was standing on stage with the mic in the in my hand like the mic was off i was waiting for my cousin to let me know like to give me that nod like i turned the mic on i'm standing normally what i do is like i'll run through the song in my mind like super fast just to know like just so i'm like okay i remember the lyrics i stood on that stage looking at the amount of people that were there. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, I don't know my lyrics. <laughs> I look over my cousin, he goes, the mic went on and from there it was just, it was, it was dope. I didn't forget the lyrics, but it was just like, you know, that was, that was my first festival performance, even though it was just a verse and chorus. It's just knowing that not only did they make noise for me, you know they were in, i was you know they were engaging mm-hmm. but it was just like that's just a different beast like i ain't never performed in front of that many people before 
I had to sell no tickets, but it was definitely a great experience. Then we did the then I did the Newark one. Shouts to Jomi, Queen Jomi. She got oh, me thank on. You. She got me on the on that stage and another great experience. Damn, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's a different vibe because, see, I performed in the Latin uh, festival here in Newark and and like three Puerto Rican day parades and it's a different energy, like literally, like I performed literally before Alex Sensation came on. So you already know how crazy that crowd was. And then you're looking at it from uh, Bloomfield Avenue going all the way down. Like, I don't know if you know Newark, but it's like Lake Street all the way down. Bluefield Avenue, you're just like, yo, there's got to be like at least like 100,000 people here. That is like mind boggling. And I've done like big stages. Like I I sang um, uh, background for Chrisette Michelle. And those stages with 20,000 people is just like some real shit. Like, (laughs) so I understand. Yeah, people say it's like skydiving, that adrenaline rush that you get. Yeah. I don't know. I I, when I get on a stage, like it's a whole like before when I was younger, I got I was shy. But then as I got older and it was different, like it was just like, I'm going to rock this shit. And then I get on there and it's over. It's like a whole different energy that comes out. And it's like I'm rocking. y'all. I'm looking at my crowd, making sure everybody's rocking. If not, I'm catching somebody's eyes. Like it's just a different energy when you're on stage. But Mm -hmm. I mean, any performer and you should know this, Johnny, like when you when like that, that dumb butterflies, that's all that, that's that adrenaline building. And then it's like, when it's time to, to show off, you show off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. Once the first song is always like, you know, it, it's the first song. So it's mm-hmm. like, they don't know who the hell you are. You know, you're dropping that first bass drop, whatever happens. And then you start rapping your, your lyrics right there. You're gonna know they're fucking with me, or they're not fucking with me. <laughs> so wait, when when what perform? Did you have a performance where, like, your first time performance? How did you feel? Like, did you, were you nervous? Were you just mm. like fuck it, or were you like looking for somebody? How did you feel? Describe that. First time performing, we did a packed house. It was bicep. When I say we, I mean me and my hype man. Uh, we did a packed house. We were, I would like to say, maybe juniors in high school. And we went to a, we pretty much packed out a teen nightclub. And uh, we got up there. I was so nervous. I dr- I looked like Pitbull, okay? So I didn't dress appropriately <laughs> for the, I had a weird button down shirt on. And my hype man kept hopping across the stage like a bunny rabbit. So like he didn't know, you know, we were, we were new. The, the feeling of everybody screaming and, and, and going crazy, that was insane. But I was so nervous. <laughs> Man, he said teen nights. Teen nights. I can imagine what was going oh, through your mind. Those. You know, I was, I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> What's the best advice you've been given? Best advice I've been given? Um, I would have to say just, uh, my uncle gave me some good advice when I went to visit him in Florida. That was like the last time I saw him, but he told me, keep doing what you're doing. He said, you're getting better at it. I was very young. It was a CD I made with a radio shack headset. You know, he said, keep doing what you're doing. He said, you suck, but you're not going to suck forever. 
Um, yeah, he was he was supportive, man. And uh, <laughs> and he told me just to keep doing what I was doing and to not let anybody, you know, try to tell me how I'm supposed to sound. Facts. Big facts. Um, and knowing that you said that your uncle is supportive, right? Um, they say people outside. My bad. They say people outside of your area will show you more support than your very own people. We're going to get into local support versus outside support. Um, is building a local following still important? Yes and no. Um, yes, because, you know, it's a sense of pride. You know, you're from, you, if you have the place you're from rocking with you, it's, it's a different, it's a different feeling. But I will say, I get a lot more support from England and Europe and Russia and some weird ass places I didn't even know existed than I do in New Jersey and then I do in California or anything like that. I don't understand. Maybe it's the culture. Maybe they really value lyricism and they value uh, what are they um, quality music over there or whatever or lyrics or whatever. But I, I've always felt that way when i was younger i used to think that oh i had to be the best in new jersey i want to be the best in new jersey but now once i've looked at my spotify insights and i looked at my youtube insights i was getting played over in poland more than i was getting played in 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 my hometown so it was like screw that you know yes and that's why i like putting ads on on like like certain posts of mine that that, that revolves around um my music because like my Spotify year wrap up, I think I was, I, th- I did a lot in um, Australia. So I think I did about 83 countries. And it's like, wow, like that's crazy. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep putting ads on because I'm going to keep targeting all these different countries. Um, What are things that artists should be doing in, in 2021 to, to build I don't want to say build a local following, but if their main purpose is to get that hometown hero support, like what are some things in 2021 that these um, artists should be doing? Go back to footwork, you know, go back to actually, you know, going to shows and and networking with people, go back to actually printing out CDs and and, and handing it out to people. That stuff's going to, people don't do that anymore. So that stuff's going to be like, Oh shit. Okay. Let's put in that footwork, go to the college radio stations and try to get onto the radio, you know, Uh, and just keep grinding, man. Keep recording, you know, don't stop recording and try to find what makes you, you basically. 2021 has to be a better year than 2020. That's no, definitely. It definitely does. 2020 was insane. It was definitely insane. Um, does it ever make you feel some type of way being an artist that you know someone that would pay $300 for a nosebleed seat rather than drop 10 to 15 bucks on a ticket to see you perform? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of weird, you know. Wouldn't you want to support your friend? more than support like someone you don't know i always felt that was weird uh, because it happens all the time you know Mm -hmm. you'll be like hey 
you want to buy tickets to my show? It's $5, you know, even just to support whatever. No, but then you see their story and they're like spending $500 on like a dinner or something. And it's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, very true. I mean, I get, I also get the, oh, I don't know. Cause I got to work the next day. Next thing you know, like two weeks later, they're in the nosebleeds thinking that Beyonce is waving at them when really she's not, she's just waving at the light in the, in the upper section. I hope I hope the audio shorts. That's it. <laughs> I hope the microphones break. <laughs> Big facts. It's crazy. It, I've seen that shit so many times. And I usually sometimes I really just cash out my friends and be like, here, I'm not going to your show, but here's fifteen dollars for a ticket. Just for the pick. support. And I just keep it moving. That I'm actually means a lot. You know, that means more than you, you know, just straight up lying like i'm not asking for the donation but if you donate anyways i swear to god i'll i'm like yo let me get the your the size of your shirt i'll get a shirt printed as a, as a token of a thank you like people don't realize that you know not every form of support involves 99 cents on itunes mm. you know a share a post a repost a like you know like the smallest things mean so much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't even, the value of a dollar is not even what's needed. Facts. Big um, facts. Maybe your time, the, the, the blessing of just being there. Word. Like, I'd rather, like, I've always said this, like, I'd rather someone, and it, it, let's just not, let's say it's not me. I'd rather someone, right? Let's, let's, put you in that that spot johnny i'd rather someone pay 10 to 15 dollars a ticket to stand in front of the stage and have that engagement with you while you're performing than see a story of them fucking grilling burgers in 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 the parking lot of giant stadium because they're about to watch summer jam from god knows where in the stadium and with heels yeah, it's hot right? as fuck, sweating, stinking. Go ahead, keep going. Got to use that <laughs> that 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 bathroom outside. Everyone's Whoa. been using. What? Like you know, like I. That's just my thing. Like you know, I'd rather I'd rather like I'd rather that though. I have no control over that, but people need to actually see. Like if you say you're support, you're a supporter. Support. I'm not ask. I'm not forcing you to support. Yep. Those it's are just the day ones. Exactly. Exactly. Like I, I remember cash apping someone just in case I couldn't make it. But I did it anyways because like, yo, you know what? Yo, you dope. So I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a pay for the ticket. Not sure if I'm a I'm gonna be able to make it. If I do, I'll hit you when I'm outside. Unfortunately, yeah. I had to pull the double that day against my will. But I still, you know what I mean? I could have just been like, oh, I don't know. Or y'all go and I just didn't show up. But um, yeah, in 2021, should artists stop worrying about focusing on creating a local buzz and start focusing more on building a bigger online presence? Yeah, I mean, now you have so much access to like different countries. I mean, different music fans. I mean, America with music, it's just, it's getting so 
saturated. You know what I mean? So spread out, spread your wings, jump across the pond. You know, you imagine what collaborations come out of um, international international works. You know, I did Superman. The guy that the guy that sang Superman's from Sweden. You know, you would never know. Like his voice is <laughs> his English is really good. You know, but I would have never met him if I only focused on the little circle of New Jersey. You know. Big facts. The Word. world is so much bigger than what we know. And who should these artists, who should artists be hiring to, to, to build that bigger online presence? So it's not, con- it, so it doesn't come off as spam. You know, who should these artists be contacting to, to, to help build their brand? Hmm. So that's, that's the part where you got me. I don't know. <laughs> you got to do some, do some research, figure out who to, you know, look at their booking agents. I always, you Google artists and you Google managers. That's usually who I, I do Google managers and you Google uh, radio stations around the UK or podcasts in the UK or even live show venues in wherever you want to search for. It's all out there. It's literally all out there. You just got to do a little research. Word. Very true. Very true. Um, my bad there. Um, so, Johnny, um, correct me if I say this wrong. Solace. Yep, Solace. Yep. Solace. My bad. Um, what was the inspiration behind um, Solace? 2020 was a dark ass year. And uh, uh, that was my fuel for Solace. Solace meaning. Uh, uh, content with my own little world that I'm in. Um, there was two different album artworks. One was a house floating in the sky, which signifies my family kind of just being the only ones that I really am preoccupied my time with and worried about. And then the other one was a rose and a knife, which made it to the final cut. But that was because the rose, the knife is death, the rose is rebirth. So it's all the bad shit that happened in 2020 gets killed, put to rest, and then the rose is reborn. So 2021, you, know, you look for a, a brighter day. Word. Um, what have you, did you learn anything in 2020? Like, what did you take away from it? Um, that life is short and can't believe everything the news tells you and human society is not ready for any real disaster pretty much word um when when preparing like when working on a full project where do you find your inspiration to create these bodies of work um i'll find the inspiration with like uh like like before, like uh, I have to go through certain things. So if I feel, if I'm feeling really upset that day, I will literally write everything that I'm feeling because I can't talk, I can't speak it. It just doesn't work. So then I'll get, I'll get like a, an idea of what I want for an album and what I want for a project. Like I wanted Solace to be more of like a self-reflection thing, letting you guys know what the hell I've been going through. 
and you know maybe people can relate to it maybe you can't uh but i wanted i wanted to be cinematic a lot of the projects that i make when i make albums like digital albums i want them to be cinematic you know so i'll find the inspiration with something i hear like the, the reality is the intro that's the first thing i heard i clicked on it by accident i was on youtube but i clicked on it by accident and i was like that's it I was like whoa i'm like that's literally it and then from there it was like what do you think reality is do you think it's jewelry money cars a fast life or do you think it's you know everything that we believe is reality is a concept you know and that's what i took uh solace to it was like you know interesting very very interesting i'll tell you that much i was like what this shit is fucking real i'm a weirdo Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not really good at explaining these. You things. know what's crazy that you're you're calling yourself a weirdo, and what Samad Savage said last week, um, right? Oh, oh. Listen to the weird kid. Yeah. Listen to no trust the trust the trust, real the yeah, yeah, weird trust. kid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we're trusting in the weird kid. Don't worry about it. Thank Please. you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know what you what you might consider weird is actually normal if that makes any sense yeah because what's what's a person's perception of normal i feel like normal is a subjective thing right is it subjective it's subjective to everybody's opinions mm-hmm. right absolutely um and what was like i was working on um solace right Mm-hmm. Now I want to keep saying solace. Well, how was working on um, solace different from working on X25? X25 was, I don't want to be all sad boy, but X25 was uh, more anger and mm, a little bit of, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And solace was more serious. Solace was more, this is where I'm at now. And let me let you into my mind, the crazy maze that it is. And it was, there was a, it was more of a serious tone working on uh, Solace from the beginning to the end. Um, Not free is pretty much talking about how I made it through that crap that I was dealing with. And this is who I am now. And I love being who I am now. I wasn't free. I, I lost a lot of sleep, shed a lot of tears, but here the fuck I am. And you don't know was right after letter to my angel. And that was more of like a, I depressed the shit out of you for a good two minutes. And now this is my, it's like a, like a, like a roller coaster almost, but it's going up now. So now I left off with uh, the bonus tracks and the excuses outro, which is basically telling everybody to live in the moment. And that we're always telling people they have no future. We want to down them. And instead of worrying about the future, we need to worry about the present and stuff like that. You know, I, I I'm listening to you describe these, um, you know, both um albums, and not only did you call yourself weird, but the the different approaches, right? The thing is that, and this is just me, um, I can't speak for everybody. Listening to the way that you're talking about these projects you know these are different time frames in your life and you know you're not weird 
and how you approach everything is just their chapters in your story. So where you was at for X-25 is not where you were at for Silas, but if anything, X-25 is more so leaning towards the, you know, not saying the beginning chapters, but it's more going in that direction and this is where you at now. Mm-hmm. So this is just the story of, you know, your journey. And anyone who relates to how you manage, you know, um, your, your happiness, your sadness, your anger, um, your, your, your victories and your losses, they're definitely going to want, you know, that's what, that's what makes people want to listen to Johnny JC. That's what keeps people wanting more. What is he going to do next? You know, like your story, you know, is helping someone out. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. So Johnny JC has to keep creating. Oh, for sure. I, I, I don't think that I, and I mean this all sincerely, I don't think I'd be alive today if I stopped creating. That's you just know, some, some people are, are comfortable talking about their problems. A lot of other people are better talking through ink. Mm-hmm. Their their therapist is a mic and a spig guard. You can't lay down in the booth. Your form of laying down is standing on your feet and talking to the mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's music has always been therapy. It's just it's always what it is. I don't I don't like talking. So if I'm feeling something, then you're gonna feel it. And that's also what I think separates artists from rappers is that. An artist, mm-hmm. you're gonna feel what the hell I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. You're you're painting, you're I'm painting a picture. You're not just pulling a picture out from a C.H. Martin frame. You're painting what you feel. Who's that C.H. Martin? I'm done with you. <laughs> you know you you know them you know them pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's back in the day, buddy. The happy the happy family frames. Facts. So wait, so wait, talk to me about Superman. Uh, like how it came to be? Yeah. So I wrote Superman. Uh, I wrote the hook, the bridge, everything. Um, Word? It, Yo, yeah. that song is... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, I sang it myself. It sounded horrible. No, you didn't. You did? That was for real? Well, I sang it myself first. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I didn't. That's that... that that voice is from this guy named Evan East. Evan, yeah. Yeah, in Sweden. But uh, I wrote the song, and I remember seeing this guy's video. He was covering an Ed Sheeran, an Ed Sheeran song. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, let me see if he wants to do this. So I sent him the reference track with my terrible vocals on it. And um, he sent me back his stems, and I, I mixed it and um, set it up and it came out dope as fuck i appreciate that yeah check it out check it out ladies and gentlemen it's on soundcloud um as you get better as a writer do you ever listen to your past works and think damn this could have been way better i just did that (laughs) when i was writing 
in the bio, I just did that. I went through all of them from the beginning, from the, from the album that I first performed to now. I was so trash. <laughs> I was terrible. I turned that, I was like, oh God, what was I talking about? It's crazy. You know, it's a whole different mentality when I was 17 compared to 27, you know? It was wild. Like, what are the pros, if any, right, in your opinion, what are the pros and cons of being a perfectionist? You never feel like it's done. Everybody tells you it's done, and you'll hear this one pitch. ah, You'll hear this one line, and you're like, nah, fuck that. But everybody's like, yo, it's just dope. Drop it. And you're like holding on to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, I can relate. I mean, I'm always like, I'll listen to, I'll be, I'll be in my room. I'll be listening to like the, the songs I've worked on. And then I'm looking at, cause I'll, I'll like, if I'm doing the whole project, I'm looking at the track list and I know the songs and, and you know what they are. So I'm looking, I'm like, yo, I'm something's missing. Like, it's like cooking. It's like something's missing. It's not coming out the way I want it Me to. Falta sal. You're missing this. There's something not hitting. Like the, I don't know if it's a sofrito, if it's if it's the adobo. Like something's missing. <laughs> so that's why it's like yo, like well, I'll probably be like, I think yo, no lie, my my boy fear at one point is like Ray, no more songs. <laughs> it's like it's not. It's just yo, like it's just like something's missing. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way. And that's what makes like that's you ever get ear fatigue and you listen to the same song uh millions of times and then you think it's super dope and then you listen to it the next day and you're like what the fuck you're like eh, yeah. nah you know what it is like working um when I did a um when I did um where it started at right um apartment two if I'm working with my guy Famine mm-hmm. so the thing is that when I get the beats from him they're looped. So you got to think, okay, you, you got to listen to this beat. How many times when you're writing the song? Then you got to listen to it. <clears throat> you got to listen to it when you record it. So you got to learn the song. So you're listening to it over and over and over and over. But that, remember, the beat is looped. Nothing's mixed until you get the final version. Then it's like, holy shit, the song is alive now. So mm-hmm. it's... It then it, it restores that feeling, that 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 fresh feeling again, because now you're listening to it, you know, a final version. You're not listening to what you recorded, what you told yourself in your mind a million times. Like how how long does it take you to 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 write a song? Ooh, now it takes me maybe I'm really in it about an hour. I'll be able to get the verses down. Um, the hooks, I kind of am just like, I'll hear the melody. Like I hear melodies all damn day. My brain is nuts. I wish I could not hear melodies all day, but I hear melodies all day. The melodies for the hooks come quick and I write the verses pretty fast. When I was younger, I'd be able to write quick. <laughs> I mean like half an hour. But, right. You know, I think but it was different subject matter. I mean, I think as time goes by, um, I don't know what you want to call it structure, but as time goes by, like, you know, you know what you can do. 
so you you structured the way you write different mm-hmm. like i know that i know exactly what you're saying because a young of me would probably have a verse half of the verse would be punches i'm just building up for the punches but now it's like i have to craft it a certain way to where it's like i can't it's like when you hate to write a five paragraph essay because you think you could explain everything in one paragraph mm-hmm. i gotta yes. like i still have to remind myself to space everything out so i can have a full song because knowing me i'll probably want to bite someone's head off verse one <laughs> then it's like damn well, well then what happens with verse two like what happens to verse two How do I do yeah but you gotta go hard verse two honey because it's almost like I, I mean the way the way i craft my songs and um now that like the third verse is like almost no longer a thing depending the situation um the first verse for me is the lead up it's like you know you warming the you warming the picture up this then the second verse is all right this is the verse where i gotta knock it out the park so it's almost like the for me my second verses always have to be extra mm-hmm. like the from punches to flow i just got to do more for the second verse than i actually do for the first verse the first verse has to keep you listening Mm-hmm. Second, second verse has to knock you out yeah like oh he's not playing are you fucking around not playing um as we get near the end of this conversation um what's next for johnny jc right now um giving my brain a, a little break i'm just dropping some singles and trying to spend time with some family um I don't want to do some shows. I keep saying it, but yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm really trying to get out there and do, do some shows and some visuals. My, my camera guy got a lot better. He's uh, improving every day. So we did a couple videos, but we're really trying to do some cinematic ones for last of us and uh, alive struggle is the guy on alive lives in Mexico. So we're going to figure that one out, but uh, that's it. Visuals shows trying to get more people to listen to me and uh, just keep writing. Is there anything you want to like, any advice you want to give an up and coming artist? Yeah. If it feels good to you and it feels good in your gut and it feels good in your ears and in your heart. And then someone says, no, man, don't, don't do it. Just do it. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it twice because you never know that could be your thing it could be the one that gets you going um rem that band from the 90s created that song um uh, what's the hell that song whatever whatever song that was they created it by accident and it was their biggest song ever you know what i mean i forgot the name of the song kind of takes away the point but they had a suit they had a song that was the biggest song that they had and they did it by accident. So you never know. Exactly. You never know. You never know what your the the gem you're 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 keeping in the stash. Mm-hmm. Ah, losing my religion. Losing my, my religion. religion. That yeah. song was by accident, and that was the best song of like the decade or something. You know, it's crazy that you say that because um, this is gonna be a little funny to some people, but. I used to watch One Tree Hill. Me too. <laughs> so 
and I and I'll never forget this 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 scene. There's a guy from a record label goes into the studio with Peyton and tells her before he leaves, he turns around and tells her, if a hit song never leaves the studio, is it really a hit? Hmm. I mean, commercial hit? No. A hit for you and whoever the hell's in that uh, in the studio with you? Yeah, I would say so. Like, you know, I guess. Every artist might be, for those who record over 50 songs and barely releases any of them out of fear, take a chance. You never know what you're sitting on. Mm -hmm. You could be down to your last penny, right? Down to your last penny. And you got them jams that are locked in a box, but you think they're not good enough. Drop them shits. Because you never know. You could be saying, fuck, that song was trash all the way to the bank. Facts. Trash to you. Not to other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Art is art. Even Ray Charles knew what was beautiful just by grabbing a, a female's wrist. Yeah. Take a chance. You never know. Johnny JC, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for joining me and joining me tonight on Quarantine and Rap. Um, you're definitely a dope artist. You're a dope writer. You're a dope MC. And I'm definitely waiting to see what comes next from Johnny JC. I'm excited. Um, and salute to you, man, from fucking the kickback show to, to being so like you, you wanted a, to, to, to come on quarantine and rap and we finally made it happen. Um, thank you so much, man. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you um, both. This has been this has been an awesome experience. Uh, my wife has been on the side, and my son's been on the side listening to me. And I'm like his he's like my number one fan, so he's like he's enjoying it. Um, but I definitely appreciate this, man. This is awesome. And um, shouts to your wife and your son, man. Um, family is very important, man. Family, absolutely. Family. Big shout out. At the end of the day, family is all you got left. Yeah. Um, Johnny. The floor is yours. Please promote, plug, shout out any and everything that comes to mind. All right. Uh, so we just dropped Solace. Uh, J- it's made by J-Cat Productions, which is our production company that we're doing. Um, it's on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, DatPiff, because I figured I'd throw it on DatPiff, too, because, you know, it's old school shit. So, yeah, that piff, uh, YouTube, Johnny J, everything. Just Google Johnny JC, and I'm the only one that'll pop up first. So, Word. thank you guys for having me. I had a great fucking time, and I can't wait to send you guys new music. And uh, I can't wait to watch this show grow, man. This thing's gonna be ah, you guys are doing such a fucking amazing thing. It's fucking awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Um. Oh, and we'll give you a call when we're doing our virtual open mic. Ooh, okay. Yeah, let yes, me know. Sir. No, yeah, we, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep in contact because there needs to be a Ray Pierce and Johnny JC collab out there. 
Yes, there, yes, there definitely needs to be. For sure. Okay. Hell yeah. With that. Yeah, it was trying. Everybody trying to get me to sing. You know, at Latin Flavors, somebody got me to sing Happy Birthday. Like I was eating my food, and then like, they were like, "Yeah, somebody that's walking away with their food," and I'm over here like, "No." Did they give oh, you a uniform shirt at least? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I appreciate it, whether you're a first-time listener or a returning supporter. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for seeing the vision. Uh, once again, I go by the name of Ray Pearson. I go by the name of Jomi Lowe's. Remember to like, share, comment, follow, and show the love. It's all culture, baby. Yo, and y'all already know, with that being said, y'all already know how I end the show. Frank. Smile, babe.